tried and true methods of keeping a balanced lifestyle to ward off inflammation, aching joints, brain fog, and weight gain. My very open and honest approach will have you leaning in to learn more. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. I'm Marie Ann, your host, and of course, I'm so happy that you're here. We are hitting episode 102, and today I want to talk about something that I have actually recently been working on a lot. Um, I've talked a little bit about it before, but now I'm working on it in a deeper way. So I'm talking a little bit more about inner child core wounds. So I've taken this practice of working on the inner child and I've expanded it into um, more of a practice to understand why you know, I think the way I think, why I feel the way I feel, and what I can do to make me feel better. And I'm talking about doing shadow work. So maybe you've heard of that term before, shadow work, and maybe you haven't. When I originally heard about shadow work, I didn't really understand it. I thought it meant, you know, shadow, meaning like the bad guy inside me. But it doesn't necessarily mean good or bad. It's just the part of us that we don't see very often. So today we're going to talk about what shadow work is, why it's a good idea for you to do or to try, how it can help you heal mentally and physically. And I'll give you five simple steps. Actually, scratch that. I'm going to make it six steps to doing shadow work for yourself or on yourself. First, I want to say that I am not a psychiatrist. I'm not a therapist, so I'm not trying to take the place of one at all. I am simply introducing the idea to you so that you can decide if it's something that would benefit you. And if you want to start working on it, that's great. But just know that when you start this type of practice of getting to know yourself, that's the good, the bad, and the ugly, you can experience some pretty tough feelings and just know that it can get messy before it gets better. Okay? Just like cleaning out a closet. Oftentimes, it gets messier before it gets reorganized. So it's the same thing when we work on our minds. I also want to tell you that I'm very stuffy today, allergies and I think a lingering cold. So I'm sorry that I sound like my nose is stuffed up and I'm going to cough a little bit. But I wanted to get through this. I wasn't going to like hold out on you. So what is shadow work? To really know yourself and to truly seek the best life you can You must truly know how you feel and understand your good or light parts, and you got to know your not-so-good and dark parts. So you know that I love balance, right? And we're all made up of tasty and sweet ingredients, and we are also made up of sour and burnt ingredients. Nobody's perfect. No one is pure gold and no one is pure-hearted. And if you think somebody is, check again, because we all have an aspect of us that is not our most proud part. Therefore, shadow work is the intentional practice of healing from our past wounds. It's an exploration of self so that you can get in touch with the hidden parts of your subconscious and all the emotions that you have repressed. Okay. The process of shadow work is not meant to harm you or punish you, but instead it's actually meant to help heal your inner child and your overprotective ego. So let's talk a little bit about inner child and the ego for just a moment. And remember, I do have an entire podcast um, episode about the inner child that you can go back and check out. I think it's a really good one. That was 
when I was, you know, dipping my toes into inner child work. But the inner child, just if you haven't listened to that or you don't remember, or you're not sure, the inner child is the keeper of internalized memories or feelings from our adolescence or from, you know, before puberty. Many people have a lot of trauma that they don't consciously remember or address, but the inner child remembers and holds onto it. Shadow work is a way for us to face that trauma as well as our unmet needs as a child. But before we can really get into the inner child, we have to face the inner child's protector, and that is ego. Okay. We all hear about people having an ego, right? Well, we all have an ego, and it may not be exactly the ego that you think it is. Okay. Ego then is the part of the mind that mediates between the conscious and the unconscious. The ego is a safety feature of the human mind and is a fierce protector of the inner child. When we experience trauma, it's deeply encoded into our body and the trauma can bring a lot of pain and it can fester over time. Our ego sees the pain and panics. So this ego of ours, this protector, keeps track of the moments that hurt us and tries to find ways to prevent them from happening again. So I have an example. I can't remember if I've shared this before or not, but I'm going to share it again if I have. So when I was in kindergarten, we had to take swim lessons at school. And I lived in Lander, Wyoming, and we would go to the junior high where there was a pool. And I remember like, you know, we'd go, I don't know how many times a week. I don't remember that. I just remember this one day specifically. Like I remember it so well. I was very nervous about water. And I really did not like the idea of going underwater. So here we are, all these, you know, kindergartners are holding onto the edge of the pool and the teacher would count one, two, three, and on three, everybody was supposed to go underwater. Well, I wouldn't. I was like, nope, nope, not going to do it. So I was trying to work up the courage. And so the teacher came over to me and I remember being like, oh, she's going to help me or talk to me. And she pulled me off the wall and she dunked me underwater and held me there. And it felt like an, an eternity, honestly. And I was totally surprised, taken by surprise. My nose was full of water. I was, you know, choking, I felt like, and I felt like I was totally drowning. Now, remember, I was five. So I'm sure that it probably wasn't as long as I remember. It probably wasn't as terrible as I remember. But to me, as a five-year-old who was scared of the water, having the person you're supposed to trust come over and hold you underwater and be mean about it terrified me. It was traumatic. Okay. And I have never trusted anyone in the water near me again. I don't like to swim. I dislike going to the lake. I dislike going to the pool. I don't like the ocean. Um, I, well, I do. So here's the weird thing. I love looking at the water. I love going to the beach. I love, you know, kind of going in the water a little bit, but I don't want my face or head under the water. It totally terrifies me. So that's an example of, um, you know, something that happened to me and my ego is going to protect me. So I have fear around water. I have fear around people around water. I avoid situations so that I don't have to be there. That is my ego protecting my inner child who was, you know, traumatized around water. Another example that is like smaller, but very common is being yelled at by a parent as a small child. This can be really scary as a kid. So you may spend the rest of your life not wanting to upset anyone. So you end up being a people pleaser. You don't like to be yelled at. You get scared. 
So you do everything you can to tiptoe around everybody and, you know, make everybody happy so that you don't upset anyone. The ego creates stories in our minds to justify these negative behaviors. Okay. Like for me, the negative behavior is avoiding water um, or being a people pleaser. So even though those aren't like horrible things, it's still our shadow side. It's something that your ego is protecting. It's negative, meaning that it can impact your life in negative ways. It impacted my life in a negative way because I avoid fun times. You know, I avoid times with friends and family. I avoid situations so that I'm not in the water. And being a people pleaser is also not healthy and can cause other issues in your life too. So that is what I mean by your ego is your protector because it, and this is where the shadow comes from. Your ego helps hide those parts of you um, so that you don't have to be upset again. It's a protection. So in order to really understand why you have your fears and problems in life, no matter how big or small they are, you need to know, acknowledge, and bring out your dark side, your shadow. So why is it a good idea and how can it help you heal mentally and physically? I believe doing this shadow work is very important so that you can understand why you act the way you do, why you react to certain uh, circumstances, and why you are the way you are. When you know all of this, you can start to look at everything in a new light so that you can open new doors and create more in your life, more abundance, more fun, more love. As you know, if you've been listening to this podcast or if you know me, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's a few years ago. Hashimoto's is an autoimmune disease and research is showing that many people develop autoimmune diseases, not only from genetics, but from trauma and stress. In fact, if your mother had trauma and stress while you were in utero, you are more likely to have the autoimmune, especially Hashimoto's, as an adult. So that is fascinating. And I'm just learning more about that. So once I know more about that, I'll be sharing more with you guys. So although I was in a safe home growing up, as far as I remember, there was instances, though, that I didn't feel safe and it created some shadows in my life and in my personality. I truly believe that one of the ways I was able to reverse my symptoms of Hashimoto's was by doing this work and realizing that I had a lot of beliefs and pain that wasn't really my own, right? And pain that I needed to let go of. I discovered this from doing this work. Since I've been working on this, my blood work has been coming back in the normal ranges and almost all of my symptoms are completely gone from Hashimoto's. Okay. Now I have to say, I'm also following, you know, through with good nutrition. I've taken out food intolerances and I really work on my stress levels as well as take thyroid medicines and supplements. But the real game changer, I can honestly say, was when I started working on all of this mental work, the shadow work, the inner child work. It really made a huge difference. I would be willing to bet that if you have an autoimmune disease or chronic pain um, or other ailments, physical ailments, if you really work through this, you too could relieve some of your pain and trouble. Um, and, and this is, I'm talking right now just about the physical side, but the mental side is going to be helpful too. Um, have better relationships, um, feel like more trust with people. There's so many other benefits mentally and physically to be doing this work. So how do you do shadow work? It can be done in several ways, including free or guided journaling, meditation, therapy, or even hypnosis. Okay. Oh, and I have recently met a, hip, um, 
a therapist that does hypnosis and I can't wait to have her on the show. We're going to be doing that um, in the next few months. So super excited. But anyway, when I started this work, I found a site on Pinterest called um, Davina Tarot Readings. Okay. Tarot readings might sound woo-woo, whatever, but she has some great articles. Um, Anyway, she has a guide on how to actually do shadow work and she provides prompts for journaling. And I just found this super helpful. So you can check that as Davina, D-I-V-I-N-A, tarotreadings.com. So by the way, if you're going to do this, I would recommend that if you that if you are doing this, you need to do it in a safe place, okay, that you feel you can let your feelings out. So you probably don't want to be like doing it at work at lunchtime, right? You want to be at home. You want to be somewhere where it's okay if you get sad, if you get mad, you may want to cry. So just be ready for anything, you know, because you never know when a memory or something's going to come up. So if you're really, really wanting to do this the right way and really, really, really impact your life in a big way, be ready and let it come. Okay. Let it come out. So some people remember things that they had shoved way down on purpose so that they'd forget. Okay. But remember, that's the goal. Bring it out so you can rework the scenario in your mind to free yourself from the trauma. And I think it's important again to say, I am not a therapist. Um, this stuff gets really, you know, can get really messy. So just be aware of that. And if it's not getting messy, then you might want to go deeper. Okay. So let's go over six steps to doing shadow work. I'm just going to briefly run through these. Um, the first step is, you know, being willing to feel your feelings and observe your emotional reactions. The hardest part of anything is getting started, right? And so with this, the hardest part is actually letting yourself feel what you're feeling. So shadow work is all about introspection and really getting to recognize what you're feeling. And this can feel scary or intimidating to many people. Many of us stay super busy all the time to avoid feeling. I don't know about you, but I am a busy bee. I like to be busy, 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 busy. And as soon as I start slowing down, I feel bored or I feel antsy. And I realize that's because I'm avoiding feelings. And forever, I would have told you, no, I have a great life. And I do. But we all have things inside of us that don't feel good, okay? So when we're trying to stay busy and avoid feelings all the time, we're worried that we will feel scared or angry, sad, or maybe embarrassed or ashamed if we acknowledge how we're feeling. To many people, it feels safer to just keep it locked down. But those who do this tend to feel unfulfilled and feel less successful in life and in relationships. To get to know how you're feeling, it's a great idea to start a daily journaling habit. You can just write down what you're feeling, or you can find a guided journal that gives you prompts for what to write or think about. I'm a huge fan of Pinterest, by the way. Pinterest is one of the best search engines. Um, and, and I'm going to try to start putting stuff on there for my, you know, my coaching so you can find it there. But you can go to Pinterest and write in guided, like type in the search engine, um, guided journaling for shadow work. And I bet you a million things will pull up. And then you just pick the one that speaks to you the most. But I'd really recommend doing that. All right. So here's what I want to tell you. The second step is it's a good idea to discover your archetype. Okay. It's likely that you have one or more of these personalities inside of you. I'm just briefly going to go over them. I'm just going to read the quick description of them. And if you want more information on this, I will um, post a link in the show notes so you can go 
read this one. I, so I found another website that I really like, um, spiritvibes.com, and it's spiritvibeswithaz.com. Anyway, here really quickly, these are 12 shadow archetype include these, these are them. The ruler, this is the power sick, egocentric, has a lot of pride, chases money, success, and engages in destructive behaviors. That's the ruler, okay? The caregiver plays the victim, problem, you know, can't say no to people. Um, it gives guilt trips a lot and it has feelings of inadequacy, which lead to anger and frustration. And by the way, some of these, like you might be a little part of the character, you know, but maybe not the whole thing, but even if a little bit of it resonates with you, that's probably you. Okay. I was just like, whoa, I'm the caregiver. The every man is manipulative, afraid to be left out, codependent, helpless, wants to fit in and has a lost sense of identity. Wow. (laughs) That might be me too. The creator is a perfectionist, lacks stability and comfort, hard to accept things or how they are, not control of their emotions. The innocent lack responsibility, inclined to follow and obey, ignore reality. um, They're naive and blame other people. The explorer Feeling lost and unfulfilled, it's a danger seeker, prone to addiction, search for excitement, restlessness, and moves from one thing to another. Hmm. The warrior creates chaos, never learns their lesson, stays stuck in unwanted situations, is immature, dependent on others to make their decisions, stays in the comfort zone, wild and reckless. The warrior. Hmm. I know a couple of those. The outlaw, the same shadow traits as the warrior. Okay, so they, they're, um, you know, dependent on others to make their decisions, stays in the comfort zone, wild and reckless. And the outlaw also complains rather than changes. The magician is detached, feeling unsatisfied with what they got, overly critical, paranoid, and skeptic. The lover is not in touch with their feelings, lacks self-love, prone to addiction, and destructive behaviors, struggles to form relationships, obsessive and dependent on someone or something. The gesture, I'm getting there. The gesture is dishonest with themselves, trapped emotions, immature, annoying, self-sabotaging behavior. I know a few of those too. (laughs) And then the sage, obstinate, opinionated, impossible to reason with, loner, and arrogant. So I know that was probably hard to like you know, hear all that and pick it out. Cause I said it very quickly, but, um, yeah, those are just some of the different types of personalities that you may have inside of you. And it can help once you do your shadow work, it can help you see why you feel that way. Okay. So step three is have a dialogue with your shadow. Okay. So to do this, you're going to find a quiet space and think back over your day or your week, and think about the times when you got triggered or had a strong reaction to something or someone. Okay. We all have it. You know, you're talking to somebody and like they say something and you get kind of prickly and like annoyed. And in your head, you're like, who are they? If you get something like that happening, go back to that scenario in your mind and replay it. And this time, take the perspective of the other person and then respond as yourself. Okay. The point of this is to see all aspects of the situation and it'll help you acknowledge parts of yourself that you're trying to hide. Okay. When we deepen our understanding of how other people irritate us, it's possible to uncover our unknown unknown parts of ourselves. Okay. Step four is look for the root cause. 
Okay. So you're trying to figure out why you're having the reactions, why you feel the way you feel. Okay. So when you notice your ego is jumping in to protect you, and that's so what that's what I'm talking about. If you get that prickly triggered feeling from a conversation, that's your ego jumping in to protect you. Okay. Or to help you avoid the thoughts and feelings. So this is a good time to try to remember your inner child and try to recall the time that you first felt this way. You know, and you're not going to probably remember, but if you really do this work daily and think it through and start practicing and catching your emotions, you're going to start remembering things. If you're feeling abandoned or angry or scared, can you remember a time as a small child feeling like this? So remember I told you about my swimming lessons experience. Well, when I get in the water and I need to go underwater, I instantly get scared. Okay, I think I'm going to get water at my nose. I instantly fear that I'm going to drown. But here's the thing. I want to work through this because I know that my ego has kept me away from a lot of fun with friends and family due to this experience I had. I know that my ego is keeping me afraid of the water so that I won't have the experience again. It's, it's, I'm just trying to like, you know, stay alive. <laughs> That's what our ego does. It tries to protect you to, you know, so you don't do things that are scary. A couple of years ago, I... um. I decided that I was tired of having this fear and I started to really work on it. We have a family home in Kansas that we try to visit each year. And there's this really awesome pool there with like some big high rocks next to it. Like as the deck, you know, the decoration, I guess, or what do you call it? Landscaping. Every year, all the kids, you know, all my nieces and nephews and my kids, they, they get up there and they jump in, you know, off the rock into the pool and they do it like over and over and over. Like it's no big deal. So, you know, and I won't. So one day, I got up and I said, Brian, I'm jumping off the rock. He looked at me like I was totally crazy because he knows I hate that. I got up, I climbed up the rock and I just did it. While I was on the way up the rock, I kept hearing myself say, you don't have to do this. It's dangerous. You hate water. Like what the hell? Like you, you definitely have to go underwater. Why would you do this? This is so stupid. But I also then started telling myself that I will only be underwater for a few seconds. And if I'm in trouble, I have other adults and my husband's not going to let me drown. Nobody's going to let me drown. They can save me immediately if I need it. So I'm using this example because it's not that big of a deal, right? But it has affected my life in a lot of ways. I know that there are people with much bigger traumas in their life. So if you're dealing with something very intense... Um, I highly recommend that you get help with shadow work from a licensed therapist. Now, me just not liking the water, you know, yes, it has impacted my life and it is kind of a big deal to me, but it's not like that big of a deal, you know? All right. Step five, pay attention and adjust. Once you start to find root causes of your behaviors, you can then really start noticing what triggers your feelings, what beliefs you have, and how they're impacting your life choices and your happiness. Then you can start to make adjustments to your actions and start to change your beliefs, okay, if you want to. If you want to stay stuck and miserable or not fulfilled, then don't do it, you know? But if you really, really, really want to live the highest quality life, you really, really, really want to um, feel fulfilled, you really want to be your best self, this is the way to do it, right? This is the only way, you know, sure, you can exercise. Sure, you can eat better. Sure, you can, you know, go on date night with your husband or wife. And you, there's all these things we can do. But if you're not working on yourself and, and changing those deeper feelings, you may always have that, that empty feeling at the end of life, okay? Step six, release. This is the most important part of shadow work. 
Once you've allowed yourself to understand, acknowledge, and modify your behaviors, it's time to release the stories and beliefs that no longer serve you. You don't have to feel shame or guilt over your past. You are no longer in that situation and you can change and you can let go if you choose to. Self-forgiveness is very powerful and something worth doing to help you feel more fulfilled and at peace. Okay, so I really, really believe 100% that you have to let go of these limiting beliefs, these stories. You know, I am a very capable athletic person. I know I'm not going to let myself drown. So when I have that fear, I have to remind myself that, no, I actually can swim. I learned how to swim. I can do it. It may not be my most favorite thing in the world to do, but I know I can. And I have to let go of that story. Like that's no longer me. I'm no longer a five-year-old gripping the edge of the pool. I don't have to do that. And, and you know, again, there's way more, um, you know, deeper examples that, you know, people live through. But right now, right here, you're safe. Right now, right here, you, if you're listening to this, you, you know, are fortunate enough to be able to have time to sit and listen to a podcast or maybe go for a walk and listen to a podcast. You are safe. You don't have to let your ego um, keep you stuck, keep you hidden. Bring out those deeper parts of yourself so that you can truly know who you are. And that might just open up more abundance in your life than you can ever imagine. So I hope that you will at least explore this a little bit more. And of course, you guys, I would love to hear from you. Okay. I hope that you found this helpful. Um, I, I highly encourage you to try this. And if there's anything in your life that doesn't feel right or doesn't feel good, start to explore it and ask yourself why. Could it be because it's reminding you, reminding you of a past event as a child? Yeah, I think it's very possible. So just allow yourself to explore it and see where it takes you. And you might be surprised. Thank you so much for being here this week. And I will be back next week with more. Have a good one. Thank you for tuning into the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. I am so stoked that you are here. Be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. If you want to continue the conversation or share your takeaways, I would love to hear from you. Head on over to my Instagram at RamFitLife or Facebook at Rayanne Mullins and comment on your favorite part of the show. See you next week.